time keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. It is Wednesday, January the 5th, 2022. Praise be to God. In this show, this hour, we're going to be looking at the economic outlook for 2022. More inflation, supply chain woes, jobs. All of that is going to be a part of the conversation with Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation. Coming up at 35 past the hour. And then we will, we'll, of course, cover the breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. I have a, a list of concerning stories in the news, as I always do, coming up at 15 past this hour, to include uh, those Apple trackers that came out, those nifty Apple trackers to help you you know, keep track of your keys. They've been used to track your car from people who want to steal them and other things that are nefarious in nature. We'll talk about that and a lot more stories of great concern coming up at 15 past the hour. I want to say good morning and welcome to two brand new stations that are now a part of the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. Praise be to God in uh, central Massachusetts. Uh, You know, I have a great connection back to Massachusetts. My wife is from Peabody and I lived in New England for 10 years. That's where I became Catholic, and uh, praise be to God for that. But WNEB in Worcester, praise be to God. Good morning and welcome. Thanks for being a part of the family. 970 AM, WESO in Southbridge, praise be to Jesus. Welcome to the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. We're very grateful to to Ray Loring and his family and Cindy Dorsey for their their amazing work in building up these stations and these uh it's a great opportunity to bring Catholic Radio, broadcasting the good, the true, and the beautiful across central Massachusetts. So we're very grateful you are now a part of the uh, not only the Station of the Cross, but the Catholic Drive Time family as well. So we think you're going to enjoy the programming here. Uh, God bless you, God love you, and good morning to you. Speaking of good mornings, uh, Rudy Carlos, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, you guys uh, settling in well now, your, your new digs? Yeah, as, as best as we can. We're still waiting for our other stuff, so, uh, you know. We're doing the best we can. Yeah, praise be to God. It's <laughs> moving is always fun, isn't it? It's like it's one uh, of the greatest things you can do in life. It's is, so is much. Move. I look forward to it every year. Every, uh, every year, every year I love it. You move every year. I did that as a kid, <laughs> pretty actually. much. Yeah. yeah, we moved like all the time as as, as when I was young. But Hopefully, now, this is our last God. our last big move. So. Your last big one. Well, second to last. That's... Speaking of big moves, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. And, uh, you moves. know, speaking of moving, I've uh, I never moved my entire life until the last like year and a half. And then I moved like four times. I moved to Ohio. Then I moved to back to Houston into an apartment. Then I moved to a new house. And then I got my own apartment and all within a span of like seven months, eight Brilliant. months. And so, uh, yeah, it's fun, so crazy. Right? So I went my 22 years of my life not moving one time, and then in like eight months, I moved like four times. It's a good time. So, it's good exercise. Fun, fun stuff. Yeah, praise be to God. Oh, uh, well, we're going to have a, a great show today. So for our brand new uh, family of listeners there in central Massachusetts, let me just tell you what's going going to happen here. Uh, Catholic Drive Time covers the news, the breaking news stories, the, the big stories internationally from a Catholic perspective. From, uh, as we say, from the Vatican to the White House and all points in between. And we will have uh, Rudy Carlos and the breaking news stories here in just one moment. Then we'll do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. At 15 past, we will do 
uh, what we call a What's Concerning Us segment, where I'll dive into some of the stories uh, to include, I mean, hundreds stranded on a highway in Northern Virginia, freezing for like 27 hours. I, I, I have twice in my life been stuck on the highway for like multiple hours. I have never been stuck for 27, twice I, and I've had a helicopter land on the highway in front of me. Uh, I, I, there was a big storm here in the Houston area a way, like, I, I don't know, more than a decade ago. I think it was like Hurricane Rita or something where uh, everybody tried to evacuate after Katrina and then everybody got stuck on the highways for days and they had to helicopter and gas or whatever. But this is like really bizarre stuff. So that's a big story that's out there. So we're going to cover some of those stories coming up to 15 past the hour. And then we will have more breaking news and stories at the bottom of the hour. And then our guest, Joel Griffith, from the Heritage Foundation is going to be our guest. He is a, a, a researcher. He is a fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's going to be talking about the 2022 economic uh, outlook. Uh, praise be to God. So once again, thank you, Ray Loring and Cindy Dorsey, for your generous gift in bringing these radio stations to the, to the uh, Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. Let's dive in. Let's pray. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and let's dive into the headline news for today. Breitbart reports Ted Cruz, GOP-led House, could seek Biden impeachment. During the latest episode of his podcast, The Verdict, Cruz and said Democrats under the leadership of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had chosen to weaponize impeachment against former President Donald Trump, which could mean an expectation that Republicans return the favor once they control the House. He said, quote, I think there will be enormous pressure on a Republican House to, begil- to begin impeachment proceedings, Cruz continued. I think there are a potential, I, excuse me, I think there are potential multiple grounds to consider for impeachment. Probably the most compelling is the utter lawlessness of President Biden's refusal to enforce the border, his decision to, to deify immigration laws and to allow two million people to come here unimpeded in direct contravention of his obligation under Article 2 of the Constitution to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. That's probably the strongest grounds right now for impeachment. But there may be others. And The Blaze reports New York City is funding vending machines that will dispense clean syringes for those disproportionately burdened by overdoses. New York City will address the drug overdose crisis by installing public vending machines that will dispense clean hypodermic needles for those disproportionately burdened by overdoses. The, pu- the, pu- the project is expected to cost taxpayers $730,000. Ten public vending machines will be installed in select locations in New York City, and they will be stocked with harm reduction and wellness supplies that include clean syringes and the anti-overdose drug naloxone. In a, re- in a request for proposals by the nonprofit organization installing the vending, vending machines, the group blamed systemic racism and white privilege for unequal access to resources and opportunities afforded to white people. 
Experts say that the United States in Amer in the is in the middle of a worsening drug overdose crisis. In the span of 12 months, ending in April 2021, fentanyl overdose became the leading cause of death for Americans ages 18 to 45, with more than 40,000 deaths compared to 21,000 deaths from COVID-19. And the Daily Caller uh, reports Donald Trump cancels January 6th anniversary press conference. Former President Donald Trump canceled plans to hold a press conference at Mar-a-Lago marking the one-year anniversary of the January 6th riot in the U.S. Capitol late Tuesday. In light of the total bias and dishonesty of the January 6th unselect committee of Democrats, two failed Republicans, and fake news media, I am canceling the January 6th press conference at Mar-a-Lago on Thursday and instead will discuss many of those important topics at my rally on Saturday, January 15th in Arizona, Trump wrote. Going on to claim that the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi denied requests to use the National Guard to defend the Capitol leading up to the incident. Trump's press conference would have com competed with President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris's own plans to mark the anniversary of the riot. Biden has reportedly called the riot one of the darkest days for American democracy. Both Biden and Harris are scheduled to deliver remarks sometime Thursday. And The Blaze reports massive tractor-trailer crash on I-95 leads hundreds of cars stranded overnight in freezing temperatures in Virginia. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is an Egyptian saint. So it's going to be, let's see if I can get the names. Saint Synclencia was born around the 3rd or 4th century. And Saint Synclencia was born in Alexandria in Egypt of wealthy Macedonian parents. From her infancy, she had imbibed the lore of virtue. And in her tender years, she consecrated her virginity to God. Her parents at their death left her heiress to their opulent estate. And she soon distributed her fortune among the poor and retired with her sisters into a lonesome monument, where having sent for a priest, she cut off her hair in his presence as a sign whereby she renounced the world and renewed her consecration to God. Many women resorted to her abode to confer with her upon spiritual matters. Her pious discourses were inflamed with so much zeal and accompanied with so unfeigned humility and so many tears that it cannot be expressed what deep impression they may have had on her hearers. Oh, then that said that saint, how happy should we be did we take as much pains to gain heaven and please God as worldlings do to heap up riches and perishable goods. At other times, admonishing them of the dangers of this life, she said, We must be continually upon our guard, for we are engaged in perpetual war. Unless we take care, the enemy will surprise us when we are least aware of him. The devil enraged to behold so much good, which all his machinations were not capable to prevent, obtained permission of God for her trial, to afflict this his faithful servant like another Job. But even this served only to render her virtue the more illustrious. In the 18th year of her age, she was seized with an inward burning fever, and at the same time a cancer was formed in her lungs, and a violent and most tormenting scurvy, attending with a corroding, hideous, stinking ulcer, ate away her jaw and her mouth, and deprived her of her speech. She bore all with incredible patience and resignation to God's holy will, and with such a desire of an addition to her suffering, and she greatly dreaded the physicians would alleviate her pains. It was with difficulty that she permitted them to pare away or embalm the parts already dead. During the three last months of her life, she found no repose, and through the cancer had robbed her of her speech. Her wonderful patience served to preach to others more movingly than words could ever have done. 
She surrendered her, poor, her pure soul into the hands of her creator at the 84th year of her age. St. Sanclincia, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 10 says, In that day, says the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. Unquote. That is a prophecy that uh, this verse today, this gospel passage ties into the prophecy that in the age of the Messiah, that this we will all be under his fig tree, that of the Lord. St. Gregory the Great said, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. When thou wast yet under the shade of the law, I chose thee. And that's really at the heart of what's going on in this passage between Nathaniel and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Haydock's commentary points out, Nathaniel did not think it consistent with the predictions of the prophets that the Messiah, who was to be the son of David and to be born at Bethlehem, should be of the town of Nazareth, which he did not imagine could be the place of Jesus' birth. But when he came to Jesus and found that he knew the truth of things done in private and in his absence, he professed his belief in Jesus. Not only did he profess it, he screamed it, he shouted it. It's a pretty bold statement to, to say, you are the Son of God. That's a pretty powerful thing to say. Uh, but that's at the heart of this. And of course, Nazareth means very literally branch town, which hearkens the shoot from the branch of Jesse, which is why Matthew's gospel gives us his pedigree so very distinctly, so very clearly, so very Davidic. So much more can be said, especially about the ascending and descending, Jacob's Ladder and all the rest. We'll do more of that in the next hour. But right after this break, What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger 
was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, this is Len Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network. My wife Joanne and I would like to wish all of our GRN listeners and their families a very blessed Christmas and a happy new year. Hi, this is Toya Hall, Vice President of the Guadalupe Radio Network. I want to thank you, Guadalupe Radio family, for your prayers and gifts that provide support for your GRN station. I pray that you and your loved ones will have a most blessed Advent, a joyful Christmas, and a new year filled with peace and love. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation. He is one of their research fellows on uh, the economics of our times, and we're going to have a conversation with him about the 2022 economic outlook. Record inflation, the jobs report is coming out, but a report came out, I think it was yesterday, that said uh, there was some 4.2 million jobs. People walked away from them in November. I'm just like, sorry, I'd rather stay at home and drink lattes and collect a government check, apparently. 4.5 million Americans. We're going to talk about that plus more, the economic outlook for 2022 with Joel Griffith coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure to you as well. And if you're listening on the radio, uh, just I always show the articles that I'm going to talk about, and you can watch them live on our live video feed, which we are live streaming to YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We're on, uh, we're on Odyssey. I mean, I also on LinkedIn. You can find the links to all of our sites where we are live streaming or watch live right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash c. D-T. But here is an article out of the Hustle.co. Apple AirTag problem explained. I don't know if you caught this over the Christmas uh, holiday last week. You know, Merry Christmas to you, by the way. Praise be to God. Uh, but I saw several stories in regards to Apple AirTags. Brand new technology uh, that might make it easier for you to remember where your keys are or find them when you lose them, right? You can apply these little tracker tags to like your phone, your keys, your wife or your kids. I, I don't know. There's just ideas, right? Uh, it sounds good in theory, but people started finding Apple AirTags on things like their car. When they didn't put it there, somebody else did. And those stories were coming up over last week. So here's a little bit of this article. It says, AirTags, Apple's coin size location tracking device, are being used for nefarious purposes, including stalking and car theft. Apple's website states that privacy is a fundamental human right. But one of its new products apparently didn't get that memo. AirTags... Uh, the company's coin size location trackers have reportedly been used for stalking, and it's it's really freaking people out, uh, per the New York Times. AirTags are a 1.26-inch discs equipped with Bluetooth and location tracking capabilities and are a part of Apple's Find Me suite of tools that help users track items. 
While Find My tracks Apple products automatically, AirTags let users track everything else, like your wallet, your purse, your puppy, all that. AirTags use the entire iOS device uh, network to report location. And since Apple products are everywhere, that means more exact locations than other tracking devices. Uh, bad actors have been dropping the tags in purses and behind license plates to track people unknowingly. Despite Apple adding safety features, victims have reported a range of issues, including late notice. Victims of unsolicited tracking receive a vague notification reading AirTag detected near you. But some report is, t- is taking four plus hours or even days to get that notification. Wouldn't that be a, wouldn't, that would be a real, oh, that would, that'd be a bitter pill. If four days after your car was stolen, you got a notification about an air tag, wouldn't that? That'd be horrible. The article goes on to say difficulty finding the air tag. The tiny size air tag makes them hard to find, causing victims stress. Weak responses. Apple encourages victims to reach out to law enforcement, but some police don't always take the claims seriously. I can imagine they won't. I can tell you in March of 2020, uh, during the lockdown, when I was still coming to the studio uh, to be on the air, uh, my vehicle was out in the parking lot. It was like the only vehicle out there, and someone tried to steal it. It was quite a shocking situation for me to discover my car being uh, vandalized and, and broken into and, and uh, the dash nearly destroyed. Uh, it, it really shocks the senses. But I can tell you, when I called the police, they were like, yeah, mm, fine. Well, sorry, call your insurance company. Uh, they, have, they have more important things to work on. So I imagine we're not going to see a lot of movement there. The article goes on to say, including an update prompting AirTags to beep when they've been away from their paired device for one day. That's a smart idea. Of course, that'll kill the battery. Uh, and an app allowing Android users to manually scan for AirTags in their proximity. Critics argue that beeping noise is faint and the Android app requires proactive use. But it's not all bad. Uh, and the uh, article goes on to link to some maybe some upsides to the whole thing. So I find that fascinating that uh, technology, we love technology, but it's the downsides of technology that can scare us. Yesterday, we had a conversation on the show with retired Army Colonel uh, Matt Dooley, who is an expert in robotics and AI. And we looked at uh, some of the downsides of technology and how it, it can be used in scary ways. And I would say this would freak you out. I mean, Rudy, if you found an air tracker tag on your car in your wife's purse, how'd that make you feel? Man, I would go berserk. Actually, I thought about uh, getting, well, I got an AirTag for my previous job as a kind of like a, a year-end bonus kind of thing. And I yeah. thought it was a weird gift. Right. And I thought about putting it into my pods to track my, uh, you know, my stuff from my I've apartment. seen people do that too, right? <laughs> Throw them in their packages so they, yeah. they can get actual tracking, <laughs> right? not just pretend tracking, yeah. you know? And it's interesting because I had to tow my vehicle last weekend uh, to the mechanic and I could track the tow truck. You know, so we love the upsides, right? Yeah. It's neat. It's neat. Everybody, who doesn't love watching Uber cars arrive yeah. somewhat close to where they say they're going to be? Uh, but uh, this is very scary, and I would say it would make it would freak me out if I found an air tag in my wife's purse. Boy, that would oh, send yeah. me over the edge. Here's an uh, an article that should give us pause out of the Daily Mail, DailyMail.co.uk. Not one of my favorite news sites, to be frank. But uh, <laughs> either way, here's the headline: China's plot to take over Latin America, Beijing inks new deal to. Show 
share nuclear tech, build 5G networks, develop space programs, and pump cheap loans into America's backyard in growing threat to U.S. I won't read the article to you because it's quite extensive, but here's the deal. China has been aggressively pursuing the world in their Belt and Road initiatives. They have been putting a tremendous amount of money, time, and effort. And here's the deal. They, they give these, these uh, low-interest loans to these countries, like they want to build a port or an airport or uh, a shipping port or, or what, uh, roads or whatever it is. And they're like, sure, here you go. The countries default on their loan. China takes possession of the property. Now, that's sovereign Chinese property now. And not to mention, you know, follow the money. These relationships now are, they're in deep with the CCP. And again, it's right in our own backyard. So a very concerning story. And I want to say the article says they're up to like, uh, I don't know, I think it's like $13 billion now uh, in, in their money and investments in, in Latin America, building schools and everything else. Do you think that if they build a school in Latin America, they might have some say about what gets taught in those schools, especially as it pertains to the CCP? to communism and to China, you better believe they will. So there's a tremendous uh, threat just south of us in this regard. And I might get our guest coming up here in just a little bit to comment on that. So uh, check it out. You can find the article, again, linked up at dailymail.co.uk. Here's another story. This is not so uh, much of a serious story as I found fascinating. This is out of the Epic Times. The article says, St. Peter's Basilica, the most magnificent church in all of Christendom. And uh, I find that fascinating. And here's why, I'll tell you. In 2005, when John Paul II died, God rest his soul, uh, I was working in the, sec- in the corporate world at the time. And my boss, who was a fallen away Catholic, uh, knew that I was uh, you know, in love with my Catholic faith and growing in my Catholic faith. And he wanted to uh, reward me for, for my hard work by sending me to be in St. Peter's Square for the conclave that would elect Benedict XVI. And at the time, my wife was pregnant with our oldest daughter, Mary Elizabeth. And uh, my wife's like, there's no way you're going to Rome by yourself while I'm pregnant at home. It ain't, ain't going to happen. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, my boss was very gracious. He allowed us to pause and to postpone that trip. And we were able to work it so that I could take my wife. And at the time, we only had two kids. We've got six kids and three grandkids now. But uh, uh, at the time, I only had two kids. And we went to Rome in December of that year. And Benedict XVI was already pope. And let me tell you, when we got to Rome, and I got off the airplane, uh, we, we crammed ourselves and our kids in the back of a, of a Mercedes that picked us up at the airport, and it frightened us to death all the way to the, the hotel. It is insane how those people don't die in bigger numbers and traffic accidents the way they drive, but neither here nor there. We get there, and we're staying at, an air, uh, at a hotel right around the corner from the entrance to the Vatican Museum. The very first thing I did was I grabbed my son, who was eight at the time, my oldest son. He's the one with three kids now, praise be to God. And we ran all the way to St. Peter's Basilica because I just had to see it with my own eyes. I didn't go in. I just sat in the square and I just beheld its grandeur. The, the, the grandeur of St. Peter's Basilica. And eventually we did go in. We spent a lot of time in St. Peter's on that trip. We, we spent seven days. It was glorious. It was beautiful. It was, uh, I, I, I can't wait to someday go back. 
if that's possible. I don't know, given the uh, pandemic situation, it may never be, but I, I would love to go back. But you walk in, the, every aspect of, of these churches, these basilica churches in Rome, St. John Lateran, St. Mary Major, all of them, they're grand, they're beautiful, they're epic, and your heart, your mind, your soul rises to heaven. You can't help but walk in and look up. The lettering that circumvents the top rem of St. Peter's Basilica is 10 feet tall. The letters are 10 feet tall. The, the holy water font is as big as I am, for crying out loud. I mean, everything is grand, everything is epic, and everything is, is beautiful and ornate. The artwork, every detail. And I bring this up to point out that in a day and an age where we have had now decades of remodeling, where churches are made in our image and likeness, they don't elevate our heart, mind, and soul to heaven. I don't know where you fall on the theological perspective of, uh, of uh, are you conservative? Are you more liberal in your, in your faith? Are you, do you love the traditional Latin mass? Are you a Nova Sordo? I don't know where you are, dear listener. But I think we can all agree that there's a reason why millions upon millions of people will fly all over the world to go to places like St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, whether they are Catholic or not. But they won't visit that spaceship-looking church (laughs) in mass for a reason. We need to build, again, beautiful churches. In the time and era when these churches were built so many centuries ago, there's no excuse for us. I mean, uh, Notre Dame is being threatened to be converted into some crazy New Age uh, uh, insanity. We need to embrace the theology of architecture to plant seeds in the hearts of the faithful and the fallen away, that they might come to a, a, a ripened fullness in their salvation. These churches play a pivotal role. And when it becomes possible for us to participate in the decision-making, the funding, let's not settle for less than awesome, for amazing, from epic. Amen? Praise be to God. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. More breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos and Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation is coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is Thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca wishing you a Merry Christmas from the Catholic Drive Time team. A brief meditation on Christmas. The Virgin adored him saying, Oh Lord, you indeed have come from heaven to earth for the salvation of men. I adore you because as God you are my creator and as human you are my son. Joseph adored him saying, Oh Lord, you have granted me such a grace. Kings and prophets wished to see you and they did not see. But to me, a sinner, you have given such a grace that I should see you. Merry Christmas and God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here's your headline news. Fox News reports Mansion rejects Build Back Better Revival. There have been no conversations. Senator Joe Manchin told a gaggle of reporters on Tuesday that there have been no conversations about negotiating with Democratic leadership and President Biden on the massive social spending bill, also known as the Build Back Better Act. When asked whether negotiations or conversations about compromise have been ongoing, Manchin denied any knowledge of the Triple B discussions after his statement last month against the policy package. He says, quote, our country is divided. I don't intend to do anything that divides our country anymore, unquote. Breitbart reports Theranos used indentured H-1B foreign visa workers to keep fraud scheme operating under secrecy. Defunct biotech corporation Theranos, whose founder and CEO Elizabeth Holmes was convicted of fraud and conspiracy, used the United States government, government's H-1B visa program to employ dozens of foreign workers akin to indentured servitude, reports reveal. This week, the federal grand jury convicted Holmes on three accounts of wire fraud and one account of conspiracy to commit fraud, with which includes defrauding wealthy investors like the Devos family out of hundreds of millions of dollars. At Theranos, Holmes and Balwani imported dozens of H-1B foreign visa workers, likely entirely from India, to take jobs as software development engineers, embedded systems engineers, and scientists, among other roles. After remaining on H-1B visas, the foreign imports at Theranos could get sponsored for an employment-based green card, but such a move would only be taken if the employees showed their loyalty to Holmes and Balwani's operation. American computer scientist Philip Greenspan blogged about Theranos' use of H-1B foreign visa workers, noting that the first round of hires were, were mostly American and British engineers and scientists were quickly replaced with an Indian H-1B visa workforce. Epic Times reports Tesla criticized after opening showroom in China's Xinjiang. Tesla has been criticized for opening a new showroom in China's far western Xinjiang region, where the communist regime has detained more than one million Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities. Tesla's first showroom in Xinjiang started operation in the western in the region's capital city of Urumqi, the company announced in a post on its official Weibo account on December 31st. Researchers have found more than one million Uyghur and other Muslim minorities have been incarcerated in internment camps in Xinjiang, where they have been subjected to forced sterilization, torture, political indoctrination, and forced labor. The United States and other Western democracies have labeled Beijing's actions as genocide. Washington has leveled sanctions against Chinese individuals and entities that were involved in the regime's oppression in Xinjiang. On December 23rd, President Joe Biden signed a bill banning imports from Xinjiang over forced labor concerns. And Reuters reports North Korea fires suspected missile at South Korea breaks ground for peace railway. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. 
Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joel Griffith is supposed to be our guest. He is, uh, we're expecting him at any moment. When he does, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have him on to talk about the economic outlook for 2022. There was an article that came out just yesterday. Uh, it was reported Reuters all over the place. Here's the one from Fox Business. It says a record 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in November as great resignation persists. Article goes on to say uh, a record number of Americans quit their jobs in November 2021, underscoring how persistent turmoil in the labor market has made it difficult for employers to fill open positions. The Labor Department said Tuesday that an unprecedented 4.5 million Americans, or about 3% of the workforce, quit their jobs November, matching the high uh, from September. That's up 4.2 million in October and tops the previous record of 4.4 million in September. The pre-pandemic level was about 3.6 million. Meanwhile, the number of jobs openings expectedly fell to 10.6 million by the end of November. The data comes before the highly contagious Omicron variant of the coronavirus began disrupting the economy. The data emphasizes how newly empowered workers are quitting their jobs in favor of better wages, working conditions and hours as businesses uh, lure new workers with higher salaries. A new trend dubbed the Great Resignation. As a result, American incomes are rising across the board as employers have ramped up hiring to offset their losses. The highest inflation in nearly 40 years, however, has eroded the pay, j- the pay gains from many workers. The government reported recently that average hourly earnings for all employees actually decreased 0.4% from October to November when factoring in the impact of rising consumer prices. Although average hourly earnings increased 0.3% in November, that coincided with top-line inflation increase of 0.8%. Resignations in November were concentrated in accommodation and food services, health care and social assistance, and transportation, housing and utilities. A majority of people quit, uh, quit their jobs for a new one. The number of available jobs has topped 10 million for six consecutive months Before the pandemic began in February of 2020, the highest on record was 7.7 million. The record before the pandemic was 7.5 million. There were once again more job openings in November than the 6.9 million unemployed workers, evidence of how difficult it has been for employers to onboard new workers. And I think, honestly, uh, there's very little left in this article, but that's really the the key takeaway right, right there. There are plenty of jobs open and available to Americans, but these Americans don't want to work. Are we seeing the chickens come home to roost in the stimulus bills and the packages that were uh, passed during this pandemic? More people felt it was better, easier, and more lucrative to stay home to collect that government check than it was to go to work. And then just think about inflation. Just the other day at church, I was uh, talking with a friend. And he was telling me about how it caught him off guard the other day in his work. He travels a lot, and uh, and he was on the road, and he was eating fast food, and and he was just at a normal fast food joint, not like a like at an airport version, right? You go to the airport, you expect to pay a premium because it's at the airport. But when you're just driving down the road and you're just pulling into the latest and greatest or the closest fast food joint, and you're looking for that cheap burger 
and you realize it's obvious that prices have gone sky high, boy, that's a telling, telling uh, factor, isn't it? And it caught him off guard, and he asked, he's like, what is the deal here? I mean, did you guys just raise prices? And, he, and they said yes. And that's kind of where we're at because we're paying more at the gas pump. We're paying more at the grocery store. We're paying uh, more on every single factor. And then you couple that with supply chain woes that we've been seeing during this pandemic. Hundred plus container ships sitting out in the harbor waiting to be processed at the ports in California. And then you realize that there's a lot more money going out than there is coming in. You're not getting a pay raise to cover the record level inflation, but you're asked to cover and you're worried. I know many people are, are very concerned about what the 2022 is going to look like when it comes to the economic situation. Joining us right now to discuss that is Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation. Good morning to you, Joel. Hey, good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and Merry Christmas. Praise be to God. We're glad you're on with us. Uh, We have just a few minutes before we go to break. We'll continue after the break. But uh, uh, I was just setting up and talking about that uh, big 4.5 million report that came out of people who who didn't want their jobs, apparently, last November. Maybe you can touch on that first. Oh, sure. About 4.5 million uh, people uh, last month voluntarily chose to leave their job. That's a record number uh, people. That's about 3% of the workforce. And in some industries, it's even far higher. In the hospitality sector, about 6% of all workers actually chose to leave their jobs. I and mean, that's not people that are just choosing not to work. Those are actually people mostly that are actually going to other jobs because right now the labor market is so hot. There's near, there's an almost an all-time record number of job openings, about 10 million job wow. openings right now, which are near all-time highs. So what you see right now is you see businesses need people because so many people have left the labor force they're increasing wages and in part to keep up with uh you know the the cost of living which is skyrocketing and so that's inducing people to move on and to find better paying work so there's more jobs available than there are people who want to work are are the these companies are they just not paying enough is this a situation where they just need to pay more offer better benefits are they being stubborn i mean we're looking at record inflation well our our government has caused a lot of these problems i mean think about the vast expansion of the social safety net of the welfare state of all the payments that were distributed across the country to people whether they needed them or not yeah and of course the very generous unemployment benefits that we saw that often resulted in people making more on unemployment than they made on the job that has led to a lot of people actually dropping out of the labor force or refusing to take jobs they otherwise would have taken. So government has created this labor shortage. And uh, that's something we need to keep in mind throughout this. You know, when, when you've got a, a, a fully functioning free market economy and wages are rising, those wages rise because productivity is increasing. What we see right now, we actually see productivity diminishing and we see prices surging because government reduced supply by all the shutdowns and restrictions over the past year and a half. And at the same time, we had our government borrowing and printing trillions of dollars, driving up demand. So this time around with these rise in, in, in wages, 
don't look at this. Uh, you know, we need to remember wages are not keeping up with the cost of living. Government has wreaked havoc in our economy. Mm. Hold that thought. Joel Griffith is our guest. He's a research fellow, uh, financial regulations at the Heritage Foundation. We're going to go to a short break. We're going to come right back and continue this conversation. I want to throw into the mix the supply chain woes, uh, ranchers, farmers. How about China and their economic pressure all around? All of that coming up right after this very short break with Joel Griffith. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, All comfort must be based on discomfort. What's that supposed to mean? It has something to do with the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December. It is the feast in the middle of winter. We are choosing to be joyful at the very moment when the whole material world around us is most sad. We are defying cold death outside by celebrating life inside. And that's why there's nothing more comfortable than a blazing fire in the middle of a blizzard and why we bring a green tree inside and decorate it and talk of good cheer in the face of darkness and death. Tidings of comfort and joy. Because all comfort is based on discomfort. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Hello there. I want to thank you for being a beautiful part of the Guadalupe Radio Network family of listeners. Sammy Rodriguez Jr. here, your business manager. And from my family to yours, Merry Christmas. May your heart and soul be filled with the love, joy, and peace that only our Lord Jesus can bring. Always remember that He is truly the reason for the season. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joel McLean. It's good to be on with you. Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation is our guest, talking about the economic outlook for 2022. Welcome back to the program, Joel. Thank you, thank you again for being on with us. You know, I, I, I'm sitting in a, the great state of Texas right now, and I, let me tell you, every time I have to fill my gas tank up, I mean, I get like 15 miles to the gallon in a 45-minute commute, so it matters to me. Uh, that $3 a gallon in a state where we were exporting oil in the last administration is scary to me. What do you see in 2022 when it comes to that? Well, the, the first thing that the Biden administration did when they came into office, I think on the first day, was actually cancel the Keystone XL pipeline that would have ensured a stable, um, big supply of oil coming in from our ally Canada across the northern United States. They killed that pipeline. Um, and that is going to have a long-term impact on, on our oil supply. They also attempted to ban drilling on federal land or put a moratorium in place. Now, some of that has been uh, struck down by the courts. But what this has done is it has sent a message to fossil fuel producers that this government is going to try to make future investment and future production difficult on them. And if you look at the, the packages, the, the legislation that the Biden administration has pushed forward, it's been in large part a rendition of the Green New Deal, which would make us so-called carbon neutral, carbon emissions neutral, shifting us to far more expensive and less reliable so-called green energy sources. So now you can't place all the blame on the current rise in prices on the administration because some of that is due to the economy reopening. But the actions they have taken overwhelmingly ensure 
that energy costs are likely going to be higher than they would have been um, in the absence of all these absurd environmental regulations and this attempt to push us into this Green New Deal. And so in 2022, do you see that getting worse? I mean, like some people are saying, I mean, I know in California they've been paying four plus dollars a while now. But in Texas, three dollars is super high. Do you see it getting as much as four? Uh, well, it, it could happen. You know, price prediction is difficult because there are many other factors at play besides just government policy. Mm. Um, um, oil prices are known to be quite volatile. I mean, think back even over the last few years prior to the Biden administration, we had swings in energy from $4 a gallon to 2 and back up to 4 um, because it is very sensitive to um, refiners and producers being able to actually um, meet the market um, what you know, um, the actual market demand. They try to make economic estimates to determine how much to invest, how much to produce, but sometimes those estimates are wrong. And that's what we saw happen recently. We saw a good part of the world open up more quickly than some forecasters had predicted, and it caught a lot of producers flat-footed. But what we do know is that when you send signals to the marketplace that their investment dollars aren't welcome, that we're going to make it more difficult for them to produce in the future, they stop making those investment decisions now. Mm. And that's my big concern is that we need to prepare for the future. And a lot of our fossil fuel companies, they're not doing so because they know government might actually stop them in the process. And you look back over the past 10 years, we had a natural gas boom in this country. It made energy costs far more affordable and ensured that we were no longer dependent on foreign oil. And it also made manufacturing here more competitive because manufacturing is very energy intensive. So when you see these left-wingers in Congress and you see the administration trying to shut down natural gas, trying to shut down coal, trying to shut down oil, that is a warning sign to all of us that energy costs could be more expensive long into the future. Uh, Mr. Griffith, you know, we, we also see the, the the value of the dollar going significantly lower over the past, you know, couple of years. But um, what's your take on the rise of cryptocurrency? And do you think that's a viable alternative now for people to invest in? Well, uh, the, the um, demand for cryptocurrency shows that um, a lot of people um, are uncomfortable with what our country is doing with um, fiat. We have our, our central bank really creates the money, and we've seen our central bank print quite a bit in order to buy government debt over the past year and a half especially. We've also seen our central bank purchase a lot of mortgage um, assets, which has helped uh, actually make housing a lot more expensive. And there is a, um, a deep concern over that, and I think that it reflects it. Um, now, and of course, there, there's risks involved um, as well, and we could probably spend hours talking about those <laughs> risks of, of that asset class or any other asset class. But I do think that it reflects the concern mm -hmm. that a lot of individuals have that their fiat currency, if they just park it in a bank account, is actually worth less year over year right. because inflation is eroding the value of that dollar. Yeah. What concerns me is capital gains tax, but that's a different topic for a different day. Uh, we're talking with Joel Griffith. He is a research fellow for the Institute uh, for Economic Freedom and Opportunity at the Heritage Foundation about uh, the e economy of 2022 and its outlook. You know, uh, what I would like, what I would dislike more than having to pay more than $3 a gallon at the pump in Texas is not getting my steak on time. And uh, and we're seeing this week uh -huh. stories come out about the Biden administration wanting to try to stimulate uh, farmers 
farmers, ranchers. You know, and this is a story where we've covered in the past. In fact, I've invited ranchers on in the show uh, in the past to talk about some of the difficulties that are that most Americans are unaware of. That uh, you know, family-owned farms are are struggling, have been for a while now. And the pandemic made that infinitely worse, not to mention that I think it's, what, three of the four Packers are foreign-owned. How do you see this story about the Biden administration wanting to uh, to try to stimulate this part of the industry? Uh, well, the Biden administration is realizing that uh, Americans are deeply troubled by the soaring cost of living, including the soaring cost of meat in particular. Most of these meat products have gone up 15, 20, sometimes 30 percent year over year it's becoming more expensive for people even to cook a burger mm. at home right now um and and they're realizing that there's um people are pretty mad about it so what the biden administration is trying to do is put the blame on private business as if they're at fault as if they're gouging customers well i think the biden administration needs to start being a little more honest with us and we know what is causing this big jump in cost for food products a big part of this is the fact it's not just if you buy a hamburger, it's not just the cow that is the, 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 the primary component of your meal. You've got transportation costs. You have to ship these products. You have labor costs. You have energy costs. You've got costs for fertilizers. And in many instances, government, state, and the federal especially have been driving up these costs. Um, COVID restrictions over the past year actually wreaked a lot of havoc. On, on meat processing because there are a lot of distancing restrictions in place. A lot of those restrictions were absolutely absurd, but companies followed the lead of our CDC. Well, that wreaked havoc in the system. Um, and then you have the rising energy costs. That's a big part of producing. I mean, if you're living in, let's say you're living in New Jersey, there's a good chance that your beef actually comes from the West. So you have to ship that beef. Um, and as we know, gas costs have, have risen dramatically. And, you know, the Biden administration is likely to make that worse as well because of the vaccine mandate. Upwards of 30 percent of truckers have indicated they might no longer want to be in the business that they're forced to take the wow. vaccine. Well, what's that going to do to the cost of transportation? And then there's this whole other component that Biden didn't even mention in these remarks about food prices. You have new environmental restrictions coming into place that are dramatically increasing the cost of fertilizer. Well, that's pretty important, not just if you're buying corn, if you're buying the cow that eats the corn. So there's a lot that our government is doing that is actually responsible for these prices. It's not gouging. It's our government that are, um, that, that are responsible for these huge jumps in food costs. Talk about supply chain woes. Uh, I used to work in supply chain management, international supply chain management, way, way back in the day. And uh, it's fascinating to me to see some of the breakdowns we're seeing and how it's impacting everybody's individual lives. I mean, I remember in 2020, uh, it caught me off guard that I couldn't go to uh, Best Buy, for instance, and buy a deep freezer. Um, they were all out. They were gone. They were nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. They were selling at a premium because they were being hoarded. And then all of a sudden, st- the shelves are becoming more and more bare. And now, as the, from everything you just said, uh, it seems like we could be living through some of the, uh, those troubles more in the future. But we re- also realized in that process that we're so dependent upon China as our manufacturer for the whole world, not only in PPP, uh, PPE, but also in all of the stuff we buy off of Amazon. And China is spending billions of dollars in their Belt and Road initiatives all over the world. How does China's uh, economy impact ours? 
Uh, well, over the past year and a half, well, actually, as I say, especially over the past six months, that we've as we've developed a lot of shortages in microchips and on basic products on our shelves. Um, a lot of this is tied into both our own government's action on on COVID and also other countries. And it wasn't just here that experienced these shutdowns. We actually saw over the summer and into the fall rolling shutdowns of factories across China, across parts of Southeast Asia, along with a number of the ports there being impacted by uh, restrictions. So this has been very problematic. And if you look at um, how dependent we are, and this is a necessity of modern life on microchips for not just our computers, but our vehicles, um, it, yeah, it, in our appliances, this relies on those chips. And we have so much uncertainty introduced into the marketplace by governments across the world, including here, with these shutdowns that uh, demand really became skewed. And so when we saw demand rush back, we saw demand for a lot of these microchips increase, and that had a domino effect on many sectors um, of our economy here um, and abroad. And I think we're beginning to work through that now. And, you know, it's amazing that the free market actually does respond even to this government not the, the government absurdities that have occurred across the world we saw the supply chain issues we saw the microchip shortage well guess what we see the private sector without government inducement the private sector beginning to expand microchip capacity abroad not just in china but here and across the world mm. and so i think going forward in a year or so we're going to be in a much better situation to withstand um, some of these crises that are caused and created by the government. And regarding China, I think you raise a good point there. I think this underscores the importance of building out better trade relationships with trade relationships with our ally. Taiwan is a case in point. This administration should be moving forward to put in place a true free trade agreement with Taiwan that yeah. is standing firm against the tyranny in China. Let's go ahead and work more closely with them. It's best, it's good for our economy, and it's good for our national security, and it's good for our ally, Taiwan. Amen to that. Praise be to God. Joel Griffith, Research Fellow for the Institute of Economic Freedom and Opportunity at the Heritage Foundation. Thank you again for being on with us. We're very grateful to you. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to do it for our number one. Praise be to God. Once again, thank you to uh, Worcester and Southbridge, Massachusetts, for joining the Station of the Cross uh, Catholic Media Network families. Join us in the second hour if you can or want to. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can watch live and hang out with us for our second hour. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
From St. Luke's Gospel, the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, this is the sixth month for her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. As we celebrate Christmas, let's bring impossible measures of joy and love to all. I'm Joseph Schuler with Guadalupe Radio Network, and I wish you a happy and holy Christmas. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift. And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift. We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings, but the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. I'm Richard Lena, GRN Executive Director, and from my family to yours, we wish you and all your loved ones a blessed and very Merry Christmas. May Christ come to you this Christmas with the gift of love, the blessing of hope, and the promise of peace. And may the new year bring joy throughout your family and friends as we celebrate the precious gift of life in the new 2022 year. From all of us here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, may God continue to bless you and God love you. to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Good morning. It is Wednesday, January the 5th, 2022. Praise be to Jesus. Hope that uh, you're going to have a great day today. We're going to be praying for your intentions here in just a moment. Whatever your challenge is, whatever your needs are, we're going to ask the Queen of Heaven and Earth to intercede for you. Uh, But we just wrapped up a great conversation with Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation about some of these economic challenges and difficulties that we might face in 2022. Covered a lot of ground there in a short time. We'll try to post that conversation to our social media feed soon. Uh, Just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get the links to all of that. Praise be to God. I want to thank everybody who's hanging out with us this morning on our live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, we're on Odyssey. We're streaming to LinkedIn. I mean, we're, I've cross-posted to Gab and to Parler and to MeWe. I mean, we're all over the place. So if you hang out in any of those locations, do us a favor. Make sure to stop by. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share. That, that would be very helpful to us. Again, you can find the links at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Oh, 
My bad. Can you hear me? I can. Now. All right. Now. Good morning. There Pretty we sure go. Got. I, I was just catching that uh, good-looking Mercedes behind you, buddy. Oh, man. I want to I win that. You can't, but... I can't do it, but be, you can. We should require that they, that they bring the Mercedes so we can test drive it. Yeah, I think Wouldn't that, that would be, be fun. Would I, be I think fair. it's appropriate that we should test drive the car that we're going to give away to some listener. We just want to make sure drive time. that it's it's up to par. We yeah. want it, we want the best for you, dear listener. Yeah, we're, this is we're thinking of you. <laughs> this is about you and your needs, and we're just trying to hear. We're here to serve you, so just, we should have to test drive the vehicle before we give it away. Just imagine driving off in that beautiful Mercedes. Could you oh. have you ever driven a Mercedes? I think I asked you this. No, already. I haven't. You've never haven't, driven a Mercedes. No. I drove an Audi. Uh, once and it overheated and spilled all the hot water on my foot. Oh, yeah, it's a fun car. Story. Yikes! Fun I, in traffic, and then uh, since all the water was inside the vehicle, all the windows fogged up while I was in traffic. That sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much <laughs> my whole life is just summarized right there. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the once and twos. Good morning, to Adrian. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. Praise Pra- be to God. It's be good to, God. to be here. Pra- is it? Amen. It is. In despite of it all? Of, despite of it all, it's good to be here. <laughs> I think oh, that reminds me, I needed to uh, design the 2022 Catholic Drive Time mug. And uh, we might, I was thinking of in spite of it all, is like the, the catchphrase we might put on that. I don't know. We're going to think about that. But uh, the car raffle is available to anybody who would like to possibly win a brand new Mercedes. It is a beautiful GLA 250. It is in, uh, the, I think it's night black, if I'm not mistaken. Night black. And uh, we'll give it away. You'll pull a winner in February. All the rules, regulations, and tickets can be purchased on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cd. No, forgive me. Just go to GRNOnline.com. Scroll down. You'll see a picture of the Mercedes. Click on that, and you'll get to where you got to go. But I uh, believe you just go to GRNOnline.com. Or a better way to do it, possibly, maybe a little bit less easy and convenient, but better in many ways, is to call your local GRN radio station and ask for the station manager and ask to purchase your tickets from them directly and then say, hey, how can I help you sell car raffle tickets to support Catholic Radio? Because every benefit uh, comes to keeping Catholic Radio on the air right where you are. So you might get to win a very cool car, and we get to keep Catholic Radio going. It's a winner for everybody involved. Go to grnonline.com for the details. All right, we're going to jump in. We're going to have a Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We also have a good news story coming up. Plus, we have our game show, Fear and Trembling, coming up at 15 past the hour. You could win, but you do need to be our our contestant. Uh, when I give you the phone number, you need to be the first caller, and then uh, we'll play the game. It'll be fun, so stick around for that. Let's dive in. Let's pray for your needs. Whatever you need, whatever your intentions are, we're going to ask the Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray for you this morning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petition but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for today. Life News reports, woman changes her mind about having abortion as Christians sing Christmas carols at Planned Parenthood. Christmas carolers celebrating the birth of Christ. 
encouraged a mother to choose life for her unborn baby in December outside of Planned Parenthood in California. California Catholic Daily reports the woman sat in her vehicle listening to about 50 pro-life advocates singing on the sidewalk and then drove away without ever going inside the abortion facility. Pro-life advocates with California Right to Life organized the Christmas caroling on a day in early December when Planned Parenthood does surgical abortions. Some people sang carols while others spent time reaching out to a dozen women who were scheduled for abortions that day, according to the organization. Sidewalk counselors tried to speak to the women arriving and invite them to local pre- to a local pregnancy clinic, but most ignored the offers of help and continued into the building. A California Right to Life leader observed, As I watched the mothers enter, I thought about how each one would leave her dead child's body behind when she went home in a few hours. Just as the carolers were getting ready to end for the day, however, someone noticed a woman who had pulled into the parking lot and sat in her vehicle listening to the carols before driving away. The pro-life leader continued. On her way out, she spoke to one of the sidewalk counselors and took information about the pregnancy clinic. According to California Right to Life, her baby was safe inside of her and she had asked our prayers before she drove away. In celebration of the mother's decision, the pro-lifers concluded by singing joy to the world before they left. Christmas caroling is a beautiful way to reach out to mothers scheduled for abortions, California Right to Life observed. As we witnessed last week, sometimes the music and words touch a mother's heart and she changes her mind. Christmas caroling is also a way to dignify the lives of the babies who we can't save, who will never see their first Christmas. Pro-life advocates' peaceful witness outside abortion facilities does make a difference. Abortion workers admit that when pro-life sidewalk counselors are outside, the no-show rate for abortion appointments goes up. Sidewalk counselors are often the last line of hope for unborn babies. They provide compassion and encouragement to mothers who may think abortion is their only option, and they offer information about their unborn baby's development, as well as local resources to help pregnant and parenting families. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is an Egyptian saint from Alexandria, Saint Synclencia, born around the 3rd or 4th century. Saint Synclencia was born in Alexandria, Egypt, of wealthy Macedonian parents. From her infancy, she had imbibed the lore of virtue, and in her, heart, in her tender years, she consecrated her virginity to God. Her parents at their death left her heiress to their opulence estate. Synclencia, having soon distributed her fortune among the poor, retired with her sister into a lonesome monument, where, having sent for a priest, she cut off her hair in his presence as a sign whereby she renounced the world and renewed the consecration of herself to God. Many women resorted to her abode to confer with her upon spiritual matters. Her pious discourses were inflamed with so much zeal and accompanied with such an unfeigned humility and with so many tears that it cannot be expressed what deep impression they made made on her hearers. Oh, said that saint, how happy should we be did we but take as much pains to gain heaven and please God as worldlings do to heap up riches and perishable goods. At other times, admonishing them of their danger, the dangers of this life, she said, We must be continually upon our guard, for we are engaged in a perpetual war. Unless we take care, the enemy will surprise us when we are least aware of him. 
The devil, enraged to behold so much good, which all his machinations were not capable to prevent, obtained permission of God for her trial, to afflict this his faithful servant like another Job. But even this served only to render her virtue the more illustrious. In the eighteenth year of her age, she was seized with an inward burning fever. At the same time, a cancer was formed in her lungs, and a violent and most tormenting scurvy attended with a, cor uh, with a corroding, hideous, stinking ulcer ate away her jaw and mouth and deprived her of her speech. She bore all with incredible patience and resignation to God's holy will, and with such a desire of an addition to her sufferings that she greatly dreaded the physician would alleviate her pains. It was with difficulty that she permitted them to pare away or embalm the parts already dead. During the three last months of her life, she found no repose. Though the cancer had robbed her of her speech, her wonderful patience served to preach to others more movingly than words could have done. She surrendered her pure soul into the hands of her creator in the, 80, in the 84th year of her age, and she died in the 4th century. St. St. Clincia, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1, verse 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would point out allegorically, this is quoted from St. Ignatius's commentary today, the shade of the fig tree is the shadow of sin and death. Nathaniel is the church who is known in advance by the mercy of God, cleansed of all guilt and impurity, and summoned by the apostles to come forth from darkness to live in the light. Praise be to God. Adrian, what did you find? Yeah, so I want to focus on one thing about the ascending and descending angels. So it's uh, Cornelius Lapide says here, Christ, by what he says about the, this vision of the angels ascending to himself, signifies that he is the prince not only of men, but of angels, and therefore true God and the Son of God. For the angels ascend and descend to him as his ministers, that they may obey and fulfill all his commands, both in heaven and on earth. And so says St. Cyril, and so says St. Chris Austin. This is a beautiful, beautiful thing to look at, and we realize that our Lord here is referring back to the Old Testament. He's referring to the roots of Jesse. He's referring to the ladder of Jacob. And we see this also in a parallel to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
Our Lady being the Queen of Angels. And so whenever we think about our Lord in this passage, and I also find it hilarious when our Lord tells him, he's like, really? You're impressed because I could see you under a fig tree? Anybody could do that. I'm going to show you something really, really good. Uh, so just just wait and see. And so uh, this is a beautiful thing, though, because our Lord draws us to himself. He doesn't force us to follow him. Instead, he lures us. And it kind of reminds me of the saint of the day today when she was said that she had a lure to virtue. Do we have a lure to virtue? Do we pray to our guardian angels? Do we talk to our guardian angel? And do we say to our guardian angel, lead me to Christ? Lead me to virtue because I, we're thinking about our interview we did. I just posted the interview with uh, Father Brent on the angelic warfare confraternity. Do we have angelic purity? Because the blessed are those who are pure of heart, for they shall see God. The angels will be ascending and descending on the Son of Man, and so too should we approach the Son of Man, so we too may ascend to the heights of heaven and through the intercession of the Queen of Angels. All right, praise be to God. Uh, we have to thank Verboom. Verboom with a V, that's verboom.com forward slash GRN for generously giving us the tools to dive deep into the scripture passages, the gospel reflection every single day, linking all these incredible commentaries and doing it so seamlessly and beautifully that uh, makes it a joy to dive very quickly into the depths and richness of the gospel passages. So thank you, verboom.com forward slash GRN for your generous support of our show. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are involved, and you could win. You don't need to know the answers, and you could still win. But what you do have to do is make a phone call, and that phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear Trembling is up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God, in a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. 
with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. The phone lines are wide open. If you've never played this game before, let me tell you, it's fun and it's uh, it's super easy. Praise be to God. I guarantee you're going to get into the cup. You could possibly win. You don't need to know the answers to win. So that's the deal. But uh, you do need to call. So if you've never called before, let this be the first time. 877-757-9424 is that phone number. That's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. If it's been a while since you played the game, call back. We'd love to hear your voice again. First caller gets to be our contestant. 877-757-9424. Now, here is the deal. So uh, I, there are uh, some secret and hidden agenda items. I have a bias. All right. Okay, I don't like to tell anybody my secrets, but if you promise not to tell anybody else, then I will share them with you. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you could win something you did not know before. And praise be to God, how cool is that to learn something new about your Catholic faith? Number two, we like to laugh and have a good time, and our callers tend to be really good sports. They laugh with us, and they have a good time with us, and we enjoy that probably the most. And then, of course, we give out prizes which means it's a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, as I said, uh, you don't need to know the answers, and that's because I don't ask the caller the questions. Instead, I will ask Rudy, I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? This week, our game show sponsor is Catholic Printing Press. They don't make them like they used to, Joe. You ever crack open an old book, an old missile or something, you find like an heirloom holy card? It's beautiful, ornate, handcrafted. Oh, yeah. So make a statement, whether writing a letter, collecting heirloom holy cards, or giving a gift. They aim to provide you with something unique, and they have generally sponsored our game show this week with some beautiful heirloom-quality holy Mm. cards. You could pass this on to your family. How cool is that? They're also handmade in the USA, so they got that going for them. So get your prayer life kick-started now in 2022 with some amazing holy cards. You can visit their website at catholicprintingpress.com or on Instagram at catholicprintingpress. Wow. Praise be to God. Thank you, Catholic Printing Press, for your generous sponsorship of our show. We're very grateful to you. Praise be to God for that. All right, let's go to the phones. Our friend Alan Mallory, James um, Alan Mallory from Houston, Texas. Good morning to you, James. Good morning, gang. How y'all doing? Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. Praise be to God. Thanks. 12, is it? Is it 12? Yeah, I think it is. Today's the 12th day of Christmas, but to Epiphany and beyond, I say. So yeah. I, we, we, I think I can still be eating my uh, Christmas edition of Captain Crunch cereal today. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh yeah, I have not had Captain Crunch cereal in probably 
I don't know, two decades at least? Well, I have three boxes. I can always come back <laughs> and give you one of them. My wife would not approve of that message. <laughs> but, but anyway, praise be to God, Alan. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. It's good to hear your voice and good to have you back on the program. It's been a while since you've played Fear and Trembling. You know the rules, though, right? Uh, yes, I do. And no, I don't know right now who is the trickiest. Oh, see, you're already, uh, already assuming my next question and my next move there, Alan. Uh, I I am on your side, Alan. I'm here to help you. It's those two guys that are the tricky ones. (laughs) Let's see if we can't get you in that cup though. Uh, let's start with an easy one. How Uh about that? We're going to go to, uh, Rudy first, as is our custom. Rudy, are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Rudy, can you tell me what was the common custom when driving by a Catholic church for the first time? Well, uh, that would be making the sign of the cross. Back in the day when men wore hats, you'd take your hat off and you would salute our blessed Lord there in the tabernacle. Wow. Okay, so you're saying making sign of the cross. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Speaking of wearing hats, Adrian Fonseca, can you tell me... What was the common custom when driving by a Catholic church for the first time? Right, yes. So that's a good question. I think the answer is, and notice he said for the first time, specifically the first time. Uh-huh, okay. So if you pass by it over and over again, well, yeah. it's a different story. Oh, but I the see. first time you're driving past it, you stop and you get out and you make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Wow. Mm-hmm. Every time you pass a for church the first for the first time, time right. you stop, you get out, you, you look make for the a, tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And you make that was the visit. that was the common custom okay. until until okay. recently. Okay. Well, uh, brother Allen, here is the deal. Adrian says you're supposed to stop and go visit our Lord in the Holy Eucharist in the Tabernacle, whereas Rudy says you make the sign of the cross. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you, James Allen Mallory? I'm going to go with Rudy. Survey says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could you imagine if people did stop and go to a, go to a holy hour every time they saw Why a Catholic church? Holy hour for the first time. Jesus I, deserves it. I mean, uh, well, just a minute. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Stopping for a minute, sixty yeah. minutes on your knees on broken glass, praying the rose, the whole, all every mystery in Aramaic. <laughs> could you imagine if if everybody did that? <laughs> I'm teasing. I tease. I tease. You're in the cup. Praise be to God. You could win, James, uh, but I think we're going to double your your chances with this next question. I I, I got to say, I if I'm a bet man, you know the answer to this one, James. I don't think so. This yeah, is a hard one. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> this next one's super hard. <clears throat> we'll go to we'll go to uh, Adrian for this. Adrian, can you tell me what term refers to the sorrow for sin because of the love of God? What term? That would be attrition. 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 Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, attrition. That's kind of like what happens to my car when I drive it off the car lot. Uh, <laughs> no, that's different. That's different. Sorry, different. different. Not okay. sure. Okay. Not sure. Let's go to but, Rudy. Okay. Rudy, can you tell me what term refers to the sorrow for sin because of the love of God? This is perfect contrition. Perfect contrition. Perfect contrition, because you feel sorrow, mm-hmm. okay, as opposed to imperfect contrition, where it's just a, a servile fear oh. of the punishment. So I'm going to go with perfect contrition. Okay. Okay. Mm, so, uh, Alan, here's <laughs> the deal, Alan. I did. I made it up. Uh, the, the question is, what term refers to the sorrow for sin because of the love of God? Rudy says it's called perfect contrition. 
Whereas Adrian says it's attrition. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Alan, what say you? Uh, I'm going to go with Rudy uh, again, please. You sure? Survey says... Yeah. yeah, I like this guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, attrition is the exact opposite. Is he, yeah. It's uh, sorrow for your sins based on fear of punishment. Uh, attrition. Okay. Nothing okay. to do with car. Loss. Nothing to do with car financing. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to God. All right, you're in for two, Alan. You're doing really well. Good. Uh, this okay. I'm gonna say this third question, trickiest of all, uh, of all three. This could be a tricky one. We'll see how it goes. We're gonna go back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? What term refers to a weekday on which no feast or vigil is observed? What do we call that? It reminds me oh. of my days out in public school, you know, on a rainy day. They'd call it a rainy day schedule. So that's what I'm going to go with. Rainy day schedule. They, they stole it from the church, you're saying? Yeah. The, the official term is rainy they day They appropriated schedule. it. Nobody Even, likes to talk about it, but uh-huh. they appropriated that from the church. Uh, nobody likes to talk about it, eh? <laughs> uh, so one likes to admit it. Even if it's not rainy, they still call it a rainy day? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a rain check. It doesn't necessarily okay. for rain. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me? Maybe. What term refers to a weekday on which no feast or vigil is observed? Mm. A weekday, no feast, no vigil, that would be a feral day. A feral day. It is. Feral day. Feral day. Mm, like a wild day. Feral day. Mm, feral day not, cage. Not really wild. Mm, okay. Here's the deal, Alan. Uh, Adrian says it's called a feral day, whereas Rudy says it's a rainy day. Um, yeah. Uh, 15 <laughs> seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Alan, what say you? Oh, gee. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Adrian. Uh, really? Uh, I, sure. I, I, I feel bad for you, my friend. It's no. correct. It's correct. <laughs> what he would have said yeah. if you were wrong. <laughs> Admitting publicly that Adrian's <laughs> right. A feral day is perfect contrition all by itself. It's a true. feral day has nothing to do with the English word feral, like a feral animal. Like it's a feral. A feria, which is yeah. a, just literally just means ordinary day or a, a weekday. I don't know, man. Between yeah. wi- between oh. wild. Feral days and uh, rainy days. And it's hard to know who's right or who's wrong here, but you did it, Alan. You are in for three. Praise be to God. Perfect score. How do you feel? Wow. Congratulations, Alan. Hey, thank you. God wow. love you. Uh, go easy on those, uh, you know, Captain Crunch there. You know, keep it to one box <laughs> per day, I would yeah. say. You don't want to go too down that sugar hole. Uh, but uh, God love you, Alan. Thanks for playing our game. It's always fun having a good laugh with you. Uh, God love you. God bless you. Have a great day, sir. Uh, thank you. I'll hold the line if you need me to. I will. Praise be to God. Okay. All right. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. Thanks for having fun with us and hanging out with us. We're always grateful to have you on board with us. If you want, hang out with us for the next 30 minutes on our live video feeds to uh, talk casually, chat, interact with you. You can do so on Facebook, Instagram, or not Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, LinkedIn, or just on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. 
Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Wednesday after the Epiphany of Our Lord. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And, and with, with your spirit. spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who called the Bishop St. John Neumann, renowned for his charity and his pastoral service, to shepherd your people in America, grant by his intercession that as we foster the Christian education of youth and are strengthened by the witness of brotherly love, we may constantly increase the family of your church through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God, yet if we love one another, God remains in us, and his love is brought to perfection in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us, that he has given us of his spirit. Moreover, we have seen and testify that the Father sent his Son as Savior of the world, Whoever acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. We have come to know and to believe in the love God has for us. 
God is love, and whoever remains in love remains in God, and God in him. And this is love brought to perfection among us, that we have confidence on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment, and so one who fears is not yet perfect in love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and Seba shall bring tribute. Lord, Lord every, every nation, nation on earth will adore you. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor. The lives of the poor he shall save. Lord, Lord every, every nation, nation on earth will adore you. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Glory to you, O Christ, proclaimed to the Gentiles. Glory to you, O Christ, believed in throughout the world. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. After the five thousand had eaten and were satisfied, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and precede him to the other side toward Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And when he had taken leave of them, he went off to the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was far out on the sea, and he was alone on the shore. Then he saw that they were tossed about while rowing, for the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night he came toward them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. They had all seen him and were terrified, but at once he spoke with them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. He got into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely astounded. They had not understood the incident of the loaves. On the contrary, their hearts were hardened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Recently, um, a couple weeks ago, I found out that a, a friend of mine from seminary was named Bishop, and I was so overjoyed that such a courageous and good-hearted person, good-hearted man of God, was uh, named uh, bishop. It was just really beautiful news that uh, someone like that with great courage and, and devotion and love for the church and for his people was uh, elevated. And we celebrate today Feast of St. John Neumann, a great American bishop, and we pray through his intercession for the gift of courage.
we need courage today in the church. The, the boat that is tossed on the wind is a sign of the church. It is a, always the bark of Peter is a, a sign of... And, you know, it's interesting if you look at the an exegesis of this gospel, the boat started to rock after Jesus prayed. I mean, he was praying. He's praying for, certainly praying for his apostles, praying for his church. And that's when the, the, the trials came, was out of, out of an experience of, of God. That is to say that it's not, sometimes the, the difficulties we face, we kind of ascribe to like the devil or, or evil or it's, it's a bad thing. And the truth is, if, if we want to be courageous, it's like humility or patience is a natural virtue that we need an opportunity to find ourselves uh, to exercise it like a muscle. Without resistance, we will never become more patient or humble or courageous. And this is a, the very opportunity we need to uh, make acts of courage so that corresponding uh, courage starts to, to happen. And it also, uh, from the first reading, that courage comes from love. It comes from being loved by God and being convicted that God's love is infinite. It is unflinching. It does not have a condition. It is always, no matter what, God is pure love, and pure love will never stop or never tire or never be afraid of to keep on loving us, to persevere in loving us. And for this reason, because we are loved by God, we can endure anything. And this is really the martyrs of the church who are, uh, you know, icons of great courage, or what you'd call a dry martyr um, of St. John Neumann, who just did his job every day. And nowadays in the church, it just takes courage just to be, just to be a Christian and to oppose a culture that is vehemently anti, though the woke culture is very, very anti Jesus, it's anti-Christ. It does not want to hear the gospel. It does not want to hear the, uh, the Judeo-Christian heritage. It is very, uh, you know, it needs courage. And so we have to ask courage. And what greater image of love than the baby Jesus in this Christmas time of contemplating this tiny little immaculate, pure, holy baby whose gaze pierces hell whose gaze makes all the foes of God tremble. He is pure, holy love. And to hold this child in our arms, to hold this child in our thoughts, his face, his, his, uh, you know, his tininess, his littleness, is something that can pierce through us and give us a great gift of uh, extraordinary courage in the time that we need him. So let us pray in this Mass and ask our Lord for this. I just would like to close with a, a, an exa example of this recently. Um, I was asked to baptize a baby on the Feast of the Holy Innocents, and uh, the mother had crashed into the hospital um, on the way to the hospital and died the very time she was going to deliver. Her mother was giving a ride, and she was going to, you know, they crashed into the hospital, and... I had to go and baptize this baby, and it just was, he just was a very, very happy little soul. Um, he smiled at me after I baptized him, and it made me think that, like, of all the conditions, uh, just to be alive now, it takes courage. 
And I just thought of this, this little child that after he was baptized, he had such a great joy and he was so healthy and strong. It just made me, it was a very uplifting experience for me just to, to uh, be able to be, there, be with him. And uh, the nurses were all very uh, excellent, but they, it just was a, um, an image of holiness and, and courage in this little tiny child. And it made me think a living encounter with the baby Jesus. What would it have been like to receive a smile from him? What would it be like to have encouragement and love and kindness from this tiny child? Let us ask that our hearts may be open to this childlike confidence. We bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that the church may be holy as Jesus is holy, and reflect the light of the face of Christ to the nations. For this we pray to the Lord. Through the intercession of St. John Neumann, we pray for, especially for American bishops, that they may have the courage and devotion and a single-hearted piety serve at God's altar. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of the, our, our government leaders. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, that we may have the courage to serve them. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of the souls in purgatory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to hear us, for make these and all our petitions through Christ our Lord and through our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Merciful Father, look upon the gifts we have placed on your altar and grant that we may reflect the image of Christ your Son, just as you granted to St. John Neumann to imitate what he celebrated through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with, with your, your spirit. spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, 
For today you have revealed the mystery of our salvation in Christ as a light to the nations. And when he appeared in our mortal nature, you made us new by the glory of his immortal nature. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abahot, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim, by whose death you willed to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. John Neumann, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church and earth, 
with your servant, Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world, to our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life. Give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Row him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Proceptus salutaribus moniti, divin institutioni formati, audehemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuum nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, secut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, Secut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other this sign of peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I, am I am not worthy that, worthy that you should enter under my roof, but, but only, only say the say word, the word and, my and my soul shall be shall healed. Be healed. Communion Antiphon. Everyone who has given up hope, home, brothers or sisters, father or mother, wife or children, or property for my sake, will receive many times as much and inherit everlasting life. An act of spiritual communion. 
My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay. In fields as they lay, keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. Noel, 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 born is the King of Israel. They looked up and saw a star shining in the to the earth it gave great light and so it continued both day and night Noel, Noel Noel, Noel Born is the King of Israel by the light of that same star, three wise men came from the country far. To seek for a king was their intent, and to follow the star wherever it went. Noel, 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 born is the King of Israel. This star drew nigh to the northwest, o'er Bethlehem it took its rest. And there it did both stop and stay Right over the place where Jesus lay Noel, 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 Noel Born is the King of Israel Let us pray. Refreshed by our participation in the memorial of the death and resurrection of your Son, we ask, O Lord, that by the example of St. John Neumann, we may experience the power of this sacrament and remain constantly in the Church by the bond of unity and truth, 
Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, Join the triumph of the skies. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Is a co-production.